Shafi, Shafi, uh, are you there? Like I look at the headlines every morning before I walk the dog and I like listen to all the other stuff. And so it tends to be things like, okay, like pandemic numbers are rising and like, Winona, are we going to flip Georgia? And um, if you are traveling for Thanksgiving, perhaps think about cozy socks and uh, roasted turkey recipes and scented candles and like all the other just like just the the melange of stuff and then there's a lost dog and like and a lost cat and have you checked under your garage and like the urgency 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 of just american culture generally fallen over the hill country, over Austin, Texas, over the backyard, over Matthew's back patio, over two men sitting, podcasting, I use the men, use the German men very loosely, two guys talking on this, which is known as One Magical Hour a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. This being episode 156, this featuring such classic segments as news crews. Matthew, have you ever wondered? The old word shop. Those are kind of the same thing these days. There'll be a poem, of course, this being a poetry podcast, as Matthew is fond of telling, telling us. What else is Matthew fond of telling us let's ask him he's the pride of topanga california he went from avatar to mad max fury road without ever seeing a movie he's a martinique mystiquer and a mozambique magnifiquer he's matthew ramby because when the podcast starts and that light comes on There'll be some topics we'll be chewing on. We'll talk, talk, talk till our time is up. And you say that you're Shafee. And I love you. Ah, that's so nice, man. Christine McVie. Christine McVie. Christine McVie passed away this week. R.I.P. Christine McVie. That is, you know, I'd actually forgotten about that. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, it's been kind of rambling around my head. I, I have always... I know she was real sick. I've, so I'm, I've always had this fascination with Fleetwood Mac, but particularly and her. The, and the, mm, it, well, oh, not per, so much. It per, well, I, I love them all in their own way. Yeah, definitely. But what fascinates me about it is the the love triangles mm-hmm. and the fact that one time I heard uh, Mick Fleetwood say, "Yeah, me and Lindsey Buckingham did cocaine every day for like twenty years." <laughs> Um, good for them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the interpersonal turmoil of that band and like all the magic music that they made, yeah, around me, it yeah, and about and, it. And the, the scandalous stuff is all right, you know, and that's uh, well, that's what grabbed me when I was when I was younger. But I've come to just love their music, it's so good. And it's so, so well executed, so well written, so well performed. It's so They're, well loved. Like, who doesn't love Fleetwood Mac? I mean, somebody, like an, who? Ass, an asshole. To, okay, yeah. Oh, you so, somebody you know? If, yeah, but, to give them, give me a name. I, give me, you don't have to give me the number. I'll find it. I, I know, will find you. If 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 they were, if if they didn't like Fleetwood Mac, I'd probably already cut them from my life. I went all know? Liam Neeson on this. <laughs> on this uh, uh, about how far, about how long? Uh, Magical, non-existent Fleetwood Mac fan. Uh, yeah. So Christina, uh, like she was, she always seemed to me like the nice one of the bunch. Yeah, and maybe I was projecting that on her just because she's very, very pretty, very cute. Um, so I was doing the math, and the she, and her singing too was just she was 
the high harmony and the really she had she had the beauty to the edge that was the rest of the band. Well, and they were naming all the songs that she wrote. She uh, wrote Everywhere like, is my favorite Fleetwood yeah. Mac song. That's all her. Yeah. yeah, that song that I just sang, whatever song that is. Say you love me. Yeah, one of my favorites. Definitely. Um, Did she write secondhand news? <laughs> That's. Jeff, the bartender, and I do secondhand news in our musical act. I see. Uh, oh, no, I was going to say she, um, I was doing the math, and so she passed at 79. Yeah. So 40 years ago, she's 39. Is that, am I getting the math right? Uh-huh. And so, like, in 1982, she's 39. Like, she was, she was sort of older, right? Like, you know, she was in her 30s, mid-30s, well, when when uh, Fleetwood Mac was getting big in the late yeah. 70s. Well, Mick and Christine were older than okay. Lindsay and sure. Stevie. Yeah. I think they were kind of, it was kind of, a, it started out as like kind of a mentorship sort of thing. I see. And then they all, and then it turned into a big, I, big I, I don't know, I was just doing the math because... Um, it seems like, you know, making hit music is such a young person's game. And they were not that young. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Um, that's Which I love. Yeah, like, she recorded. At this, at this stage in my life, I'm always rooting for the old people making uh, art. Yeah. Uh, everywhere off of Tango in the Night, which, you know, like I said, is my favorite of their songs. Yeah, she recorded. She wrote and recorded that when she was our age. Yeah. I think my favorite uh, Fleetwood Mac song is Tusk. Really? No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Because I love Tusk. I mean, I love Tusk. I don't know if it's my favorite <laughs> one. But that's like saying your favorite Clash record is Sandinista. Am I right? Uh, you don't know I'm, I'm right. right. I'm going to look at that up. Trust me, I'm right. Brian, can you text me about no, that? Brian doesn't know shit about the Brian's a Clash denier, too. <laughs> Shame on all shots, of you people. Shots fired. Shame on everyone involved. Shots fired early in the podcast. <laughs> Brian's like, I'm just, I'm just trying to enjoy this, man. <laughs> He's in his cubicle trying to just enjoy his day. I wonder if he has like a stress ball or something that he grabs while he's like mad at us about a musical conversation. I hope it's a stress ball of our faces. You know, <laughs> he's got a shafy one. We should have those made. One. Have those made. We can sell them on our website. We got a new segment here, folks. It's it's merch brainstorming. You can grab our face and stress out on it when you're when you're mad at us. I can see people going for that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good idea. Uh, so episode one hundred fifty six, huh? <laughs> Excuse me, got a little got a little allergies happening. Cedar feeder cedar season has started. Cedar season. I got the has phone call started. from my dad. Here comes the train. Look how few people are commuting anywhere on a Friday mm-hmm. night in Austin, Texas. Oh. Um, I would com- I would bellyache about it, but I don't use it either. You know. Yeah, I it know. Go anywhere. <laughs> I know it's really not super functional. Uh, that's for another episode, though. We're trying to keep this uh, exciting. As any episode 156 of any podcast might Talking about public transportation issues in American cities. And beloved musicians that just passed away. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, where were we? Matthew. I I saw this story today at Vanity Fair. You seem fired up. Maybe I am. Are you a little fired up? It's a Friday night cast. <laughs> I, Look, I like it that you have that in a, your mind. This is a witnessed phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. You, you seem to gonna, like. You're going to get more Schaefer on a Friday night yeah, podcast. Yeah, more Schaefer on a Friday. Tuesday it's like night. Smackdown. I, I, or Raw. Friday disa- night Raw or Friday night Smackdown. I'm a little Smackdown. disappointed in myself that I fall into that, that week, everybody's working for the weekend cliche because I'm not really. No, I like that. I don't have a nine to five job. I don't, you know. I'm actually. I got to go to work early tomorrow to open for the World Cup. Are y'all gonna open for the World Cup? Yeah, yeah. Um, Porter and I will be behind the bar together, which almost never happens. So that's it's gonna be fun. Well, um, I, I mean, I'm just glad that f- there is a Friday. You know. Yeah. Because if it because if every day was Tuesday, then it, you would you would tough never, times. You would only have. <laughs> You would yeah. only have ref- sad, reflective Shafee, which 
It's a shame that people seem to like as well. Swing low. Sweet chivy. Um Yeah, yeah. And that makes a great podcast too. So I'm reading the news today, you know, the way you do it now on your phone. Is this a news cruise? I guess it's kind of a news cruise, okay. sure. Come away on another news cruise. Uh, <laughs> What's a, new, a new news cruise theme. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> it's time to rebrand some of our segments, I think. Yeah. Oh, you know, I was thinking. because like, right, You're right. There's Matthew, Have You Ever Wondered, which is kind of. And yield word shop have kind of blended together. What those I was thinking today, really, what those words are. The new the new name for that segment should be "What does it mean and why do we say it?" <laughs> okay, it's it's a mouthful, but um, Another, I'll workshop it with. Uh, I'll do some marketing. W D M W D S. What do we mean? Why do we say it? Let's get some shirts made. <laughs> Post taste. Widom wis. <laughs> Now that sounds like its own sort of mumblecore rap thing. <laughs> Widom wis. Mumblecore rap. Hit him with a what? Widom wis. Widom wis. Uh, but that's not what I want to hit you with. I want to hit you with the news screws. Uh, yeah, so I'm going through my news on my phone. Vanity Fair has an article. It was either Vanity Fair or The Atlantic. Uh, the, those guys both have, you know, taken a hard line going after Donald, like, have declared war on Donald Trump. Okay. Uh, which, you know, I'm I'm here for. Uh, <laughs> you, you play in that space. I, I, I do. Yeah. An article on this this bananas dinner that happened between oh, yeah. like Kanye. Kanye Nick, and the, Nick, the guy who's Nick, taken over InfoWars. I wish I didn't know that guy's name. And that guy's twenty four years old. Why are we even talking about that yeah, guy? He's a child. Right. And then, and then it turned out some just some random dude who you know that was kind of the article. There was, was a rando. Yeah, there was one. There was a fourth guy there. Everybody was like, "Why is this person even here?" We need a guy like that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I you know, I then got on Reddit, and Reddit had a headline. Somebody had posted. It was on their no stupid questions or ask Reddit or whatever the. One of the places where you just post a random thing and watch people comment on it. Somebody said, how does, somebody posted the question, how does this end for Kanye? And, you know, that just like, I mean, that both, because, you know, his, his behavior is almost seems like performance art. You know, it's, it's kicking back. Oh, and man, it's, I hope it's performance it's art. It's not. But doing, I, I really think it's not. I think it's a breakdown. I, I no, that's a full mental breakdown. Uh, yeah, that's ex- I think that's exactly what we're and I really like. Oh, so the, the point of all this, it all boils down to I hope Kanye gets the help he obviously needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the meantime, if he wants to, you know, just expose, you know, Alex Jones and Donald Trump for the, you know, dog whistling racists that they are. Do you think that's what Kanye is doing? Drawing them out, yeah, because he's saying the things out loud that they only say through dog whistles. I see, right? Uh huh. You know, they'll talk like about stand, stand they'll talk down. about the stand elites. by, stand down, they'll talk about the Jewish media or whatever, you know, and then Holly weird. And then Kanye is like, No, guys, we need to we need to get after him, we need to kill them all. I'm into Hitler, and then even they're like. Then they don't know because they've been saying this. They've been saying this shit in a couched way, in a you know, in their dog whistly way, and they're like, "What do I?" You know, and so it's. I didn't actually watch that interview. It's uh, highlighting all of the things that. Did, did you did you see some clips from Kanye and Alex Jones? No, I saw them posted on Twitter. I did not watch no, them. I no, I yeah, saw the, what, and, I saw what Kanye was wearing. No, I I couldn't bring myself to watch. All this stuff. I'm just, yeah. I'm, and I'm, you know, I, I, it's true. I'm also I'm getting all this secondhand. You know, it's, it's funny that I'm even trying to an, analyze it. But, you know, that's that's how it seems to me. And like I said, dude needs help. Kanye needs help. I want him to get the help. I think, you know, we, we've talked about it here. 
guy spent, you know, a couple of decades doing some really, really cool art, you know, and yeah, made a lot of good being, music. being inspirational to a lot of people and showing people that things, things can be done differently and you could succeed. And that, yeah, that Kanye documentary, the, the first part of it, which is chronicling his, his rise, he was a young guy and just grinding and, and meet, trying to meet the right people, people looking at him as one type of person, but he wanted to be a star, wanted to be up front with the mic and, and, and he just, his, his persistence and ambition and dedication and, and his creativity, like the, all those songs from the early, his early music is just fantastic. I, I, I hope that he, I hope that it, that whatever happens with him, that we can still feel good about listening to his music. Which like, and we can. And which we can. like, but, but but what about Michael Jackson? Well, okay. Do you, do you have any trouble listening to where, Michael Jackson's music these days? I mean, this is where things get sad, you know. Yeah. I think about Kanye, and I think about you know him achieving all of this success, you know, and but you know also kind of just you know breaking as far as a black man can break into the white world, you know of wealth and privilege. Yeah. He's and having, then he's I having dinner it, with Donald Trump. And at least he, he's buddies with Trump, at least to my knowledge, he, you know, and then I think of like Bill Cosby and OJ Simpson, you know, uh, these guys who once again, achieved all of that success and granted Kanye is not a criminal. Like those two guys are a murderer and a rapist, but I feel like, and then I mentioned there's, Michael Jackson, the pedophile. There's a point where a, a black man can have success and acceptance, and but then the, just the inherent institutional racism in our country ends up ends up breaking that person, or you know, just I don't know. I'm maybe I'm saying something problematic here. I don't know. I think I, I probably shouldn't. I mean, you're just sort of speculating, right? But it just—it, I mean, it just seems like that. Anytime you know, there's there's a certain there's a certain distance they can go, and then I, you know, just like I, I just wonder if they hear like you, like you finally just realize like there's nothing that I can do against this beast of you know institutional racism. I don't know. Maybe it just. I think that when you, anybody, maybe not so much of a race issue, it's a human uh, power issue where when you achieve a certain level of fame and fortune and stardom, it warps your mind. That's true. It's hard on anybody. It's hard on anybody who is on top of the world. Like like all those guys were at one point. And yeah, I shouldn't be like, you know, they're black men who are doctors and black men who are, who have achieved well and the, and, there, but, and, and there are super famous people of all races that get warped in the head and yeah. and lose touch with reality yeah you're absolutely you know? right. yeah um yeah the, sorry we're, I'm, we're I'm really apologies we're, if i've offended anybody i, I, I don't really. listen if shafee's offended anybody get at us if you've Gen- we're just generally using your try uh, to figure stuff out sometimes and I don't always succeed. Schaeferhall at gmail.com. Thanks. Thanks, Matthew. <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm sorry. I knew that was going to go dark. Kanye, I wish you all the best. Thank you for all your good music. What's next on the sheet, Matthew? Yeah, we're re- we really are just mainly concerned about Kanye. Yeah. Over here. We want the best for him. Um, and I hope he's not really. Also, we we can't we we're not comparing Kanye to OJ right. and, yeah. and and uh, Bill Cosby not. and Michael Jackson. We're not saying that Kanye is doing anything criminal. Well, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, uh, right, right. That that's not that was. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, we're trying to separate. Yeah, I didn't. I was. Really, the big problem here was me just conflating everything, and I shouldn't have. One of these days, we're going to plan ahead, but not today.
Matthew, have you ever wondered? Matthew, have you ever wondered? That, if it's not called that, it's tomorrow. It's, what does it mean and why do we say it? Wait. What does it? What does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean, and and why why do we say it? Uh, milk toast. Oh, M I L Q U E. Yes. T O A S T. Yes, Casper milk toast. Oh, well done. But my grandmother used to say that. We were we so this came up around the poker table last night, and. Porter and I were both wondering. You still play poker with your landlord? Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah these really neat old guys. And you know, <laughs> dad got at me. He was asking me about the Uranium Savages, this old band uh, that did all this awesome like performance art down on 6th Street back in the day. Okay. They're actually still around in various forms. But the Uranium Savages, dad found an awesome article on them. You should look them up. They're, they're like... The Austin Chronicle did a history on them, and it's it's hilarious and amazing and weird. Okay. Like when when people say, you know, when people are nostalgic for weird Austin, I think you know that's Uranium exactly savages. what they're what they're pointing at. Uranium savages. So, and I kept forgetting to ask the guys that I play poker with about because you know they were they were very involved in the uh, counterculture scene in the seventies in Austin. Okay, and. Yeah, they, it turns out, yeah, Dewey, Dewey, who we play with, is friends with all those guys. So he's like, one of them was involved in an earlier manifestation of the poker game that we were playing. Okay. You know, so, so dad, yeah, I'll fill you in a, about that the next time we see you, but that's kind of a cool thing. Also, not what I was talking about, milk toast. Yes. Porter and I, I think both were, uh, so first of all, what does it mean? Well, I think it means uh, a, like a kind of a coward. It's a person, yeah, who doesn't have much of a backbone. Yeah, it's a bit of a coward. Spineless. Yeah. You're spineless. Yeah, great. And I love it when I know the, uh, the and definition. It makes something. sense, right? That Thank toast you. with some milk on it would be soggy and spineless too. Yes. But I think Porter and I were both wondering, like, was there ever, like, did people used to? Like, put a little milk on their toast and eat it or something? Mm. Like, did people used to have... Because I could imagine, like, maybe a little bit of, of milk or cream and some sugar on a piece of toast. And then, sure. And then it just goes down a little... Almost like a bowl of cereal at that point. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but How about just some croutons in a bowl? That, so that makes sense in my head. <laughs> but also, I don't know anybody who's ever actually done it, actually eaten a plate of... Of milk toast. You've never been served milk toast. I've never seen pub. it on menu. <laughs> Nobody's. No, my grandmother was never like. Oh, would you like a little milk toast with Sunday your Sunday pub lunch, a nut roast with some milk toast. When Dad was cooking me pancakes for Saturday morning cartoons when I was a kid, he was never like, "Would you like a side of milk toast with your sandwiches?" Shafe with your pancakes. You want some milk on this? <laughs> Your impression of my dad is much better than that. I don't know why my dad, my dad in my head talks like a 1950s uh, sitcom dad. Uh, yeah. But if I was going to do an impersonation of my dad, I should talk in my normal voice. Cause... I really want to go back to your dad's place, by the way. Uh, let's do it. Let's, yeah, let's, let's do that. Um, Sorry. Sorry. Let, milk toast. Milk toast. So the answer is, I don't think anybody in history has ever eaten a bowl of milk toast. Is this a dare? I think is this a new segment, Matthew? I'm daring you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that guy, this guy, did this comic comic when in the in the early part of last century, where one of the characters who was a cowardly fellow was named Casper Milk Toast. Okay, that must have been the character that my grandparents would reference from time to a time. A popular American cartoon character created by H.T. Webster. So... H.T. Webster, that genius. And that's Casper Milktoast, spelled M-I-L-Q-U-E-T-O-A-S-D. So I think... Well, yeah, that's, H. Just, Webster, that's just subterfuge, right? H.T. Webster realized that this would be a funny name for a coward. Mm. And so he, he created the idea of Milk Toast whole cloth. It's not based on a 
breakfast delights. Milk toast what? And then later, but later milk toast was used again. How? In other American culture. I don't know. There was a cockroach in Bloom County. Oh. Whose name was Milk Toast. Okay, well, I should have known that. Uh, I, I mean, I, I had all the Bloom County books. Obviously inspired by the previous cartoons. You know, uh-huh. Burke Breathe is a man who... Tough cockroach. Not just an excellent creative comic writer of, drawer of comics himself, but also a student of, of the history of comics. I see. Uh-huh. Uh, also, the name of a song on like Helmet's that. album, Betty. Oh. A character in Arthur C. Clarke's The Pacifist, Dr. Milk Toast, and a class available in the video game Bloodborne. Oh. So I think that's a class. class. I think that's like you're, yeah, you can, like you're a cleric. Yeah. You're a milk toast. Apparently. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why anybody would want to be a milk toast. Interesting. Brian, half Tiffany. Tiffany played by Bloodborne. Have her get at us and explain to us more about the bloodborne manifestation of milk toast. I talked to the the wear possum some more about uh, our D and D podcast. Excellent, and that's coming up soon. Excellent. There's a app that we need to download. So excited! Make characters. You know, I enjoyed that um, segment of. What are we saying, and why are we saying it? You mean Widemus? Um, but what does it mean? Why do we say it? What does it mean? And why do we say it? Uh, but I'm, I'm looking at the show sheet and you've written on there. I assume that was you read it. What's the opposite of, Oh, wait, are you saving this for next time? (laughs) No, I, I, those two notes. What's the opposite of DES ellipse question mark Uh and para dash pro. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. You have no idea. <laughs> I don't remember what either of those notes mean. Okay. So they're totally worthless. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I I appreciate you trying to put stuff on the show sheet, <laughs> uh, whether you remember what it's about or not. Appreciate that's good. Appreciate you. <laughs> I wish I remembered. I'm can sure. I, can I'm I? Sure, it was interesting. I'm sure it was great content. Can I get into just a little bit of uh, Matthew's minutia? Absolutely. It's one of the reasons people tune in. Really? Man. Why? Like a lot why? Of reasons. Right. Mostly mostly Gabby. We were talking yeah, mostly. <laughs> in the Pacific Northwest. We were talking before the show and uh I, I was drinking a beer here and Shafee was sitting across from me and he was saying how he boy he could smell the booze on my breath and I, I got I got to tell you, this this thing happened this week where uh, me and my son were, um, well, we were doing yoga. Spider on you. Oh, nice. Thanks. You saved my life. Oh, man. I owe you a debt of gratitude. Let's, you have I, to follow I, me around until you pay it back. I'll do, this, me I'll from... do this podcast with you until oh, one gosh. of us kicks the bucket. <laughs> okay. uh, how about that? It's that easy. <laughs> um, I don't know. Why am I telling this story? It's I'm telling the story because it's upsetting and weird. All right. Get it off your uh, chest. We're doing yoga. So I'm deep breathing. I'm doing my pranayama breath. You know, <laughs> and I'm, I'm there next to my kiddo. And he's dutifully doing some yoga with me. I'm, they they want to be athletes. And I'm like, y'all, if you want to be an athlete, start doing yoga when you're young. Because speed and agility are really hinge upon flexibility. No doubt. This this can only help you. And I'm doing it. Why don't you do it? It takes 20 minutes. Let's just do it. We breathe big time for 20 minutes. We'll feel all feel better. We'll all quit Mm -hmm. squabbling about dumb stuff. So we're standing, we're standing there doing yoga together. Actually, Isabel's in the front of the living room and he and I are at the back of the living room together. And I I I love this, by the way, I guess I breathe. Amy Amy sometimes takes pictures of it. And, And I, I breathe on him inadvertently <laughs> and he's like, Oh dad, your breath. And like, I've had a, you know, a day at work and I, you know, you eat your lunch at work and you, you don't brush your teeth yeah, or sure. whatever. And 
you know, also okay, so old also and, I'm old and old, old, and old man inside. breath. It smells like absolute death. Like I have, listen, I talk about it on here. I have, I've got periodontal issues. Like sometimes my breath is gnar, dog. And I, 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 I never want anybody to, I don't want anybody to be subjected to that. Not my kid, not anybody. And I breathe on him and he's like, ah, dad, your breath is terrible. And I was like, yeah, it's like death. It's the smell of death. Oh, and I always being flippant and sure. and and making a joke and you know I'm always jo- I'm always joking about do. like death and mayhem and stuff and uh, later that night he was just like I can't sleep because I keep I keep thinking about dad's breath and 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 I have this like and now and and my wife his mother uh, they're both he and his mother are both lovely people. They both have this like super sense of smell thing. And it's tough for, for if you're a super smeller, the world is a tough place because there's a lot of stinky stuff in the yeah. world, you know. And Amy was like, see, he's got the gift just like me. <laughs> like he he it's the memory of the smell is almost as painful as the smell. My my, brother, my, my thing with my brother sm- has a sensitive listen, smell. Listen, my thing with smells is that sometimes they're all encompassing but they're always temporary yeah. they'll almost always go away and i i've for various reasons in my life i've had to like disassociate myself from bad smells so like, why, why why trouble yourself there is so much stinky stuff and you just like if you have to look I, I i my office my home away from home is a porta potty yeah it's like my regular we should do an episode from a porta potty. <laughs> That's really where the only place you can get some quiet time on a construction site. Um, anyway, that death breath is what I wanted to tell you guys. <laughs> Listen, I'm I here, had. I'm here for you, buddy. Did we talk about my. We must have talked about my gum surgery last year. Yeah. On this podcast, right? Yeah. We well, I'm have. happy to say that the last time I went to the perio, it had been about a year. And my gums are in really good shape. Oh, all that horror that I went through, and even me and this doctor, who was it, it, he was in the Air Force, and I made some Top Gun jokes before they put me under, and then I felt so stupid about. It. I was like, "Are you the are, are you are, are you the Top Gun of periodontia?" I don't know what I said. <laughs> I said something stupid, and because oh, I, I was because I was nervous. I bet he was he's quite a, tickled. He's man. a nice kid. He's a young yeah. guy, and we were both like. They were taking the measurements from the pockets and all the horror, and uh, it's looking really good. And we were both like, I'm, I was like, I'm stoked about it. And he's like, me too. And he's like, did a high five. <laughs> did you do it Top Gun style where you meet yeah, at yeah, the bottom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, need for speed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, You've seen it. Can I get the name of this guy? Because I need some work done in my Dr. Verrett. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so still podcasting. Um, there's a neat, I really love the beat today. There's a neat little, like, yeah, there's this thing. Where is it? Yeah. <laughs> That's my kind of stuff right there. Yeah. Oh, I changed the, the whole thing. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. I worked it up for you. <laughs> you and Christine McVie. <laughs> um, how about that World Cup? That's something else, man. It's a, it's a time where have we talked about this before. Sport helps us forego so much war. I th- I think if we didn't have soccer in the World Cup, there would be so much more war. It really helps us all proxy transfer into these warriors of the pitch and just watch the beautiful game. And it's, and it's the thrill of ag, wait, the, the, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Right. Isn't that why we watch? Absolutely. I, you've been showing out, you've been showing that at the front page. Yeah. You know, and of course, Porter lives and breathes soccer and Swansea fan. Swansea fan, yeah. Uh, well, surprisingly, lives and sometimes breathes, I suppose. <laughs> I uh, and of course I'm an Arsenal fan, but did you, you and the you know, Queen, 
lately I picked up, uh, I felt like I needed a, a second team. So I picked up Brighton and Hove Albion. Dude, you know I spent the most time in Brighton. No. Oh. Uh, of any place in England. That's really. a great team because you get two and one. You get Brighton and Hove Albion. Well, there's Brighton and then there's Hove. And you might say to someone, well, I live in Brighton. Well, Hove, actually. Ah. <laughs> You, you and know, Hove is a little upscale. Brighton's uh, got, Brighton's like down the seafront with the. If you want to be on the, go, about, go the, down the lanes. How about Albion? Is that the great hereafter? Albion is just a word for jolly old. Jolly old England is Albion. Oh, it's like it's almost like it's instead of saying FC or United, it's Brighton and Hove Albion. Ah, Brighton and Hove, comma Albion. Yeah, interesting. Brighton and Hove are like two towns smashed, no smashed together. You can, they're indistinguishable except the uh, upscaleness of the I pubs. thought there was Brighton and Hove Albion, two separate places. But Brighton and Hove are in Albion. Oh, I'm glad we had. They are in. in and, yeah, I was a total poser, obviously. And also, you Al- saved me from- Albion like refers to the White Cliffs of Dover. Is this, ah, is this a is this a uh, the Albion Cliffs of Dover? Is this the what, what the words is and why we say them? Uh, this is this is rampant Anglophilia. Okay, yes, yes, rampant Which Anglophilia. We have a problem. I, I was raised by Doctor Hall. Raised me a bit of an Anglophile. I just happened to meet an English guy when I was young, and then I I went there a bunch of times, and I and I tried to give up my citizenship. So that I could become British, <laughs> they didn't want me. <laughs> Bastards. So World Cup, really exciting. A U.S. made it to the second round. That's pretty cool. How about that England? Hey, eh? right. yeah. Uh, what are you saying? Eh? England. Albion made it to the second round. Uh, Japan made it to the second round. Wow. Super excited about that because we have obviously the U.S. has a big presence at the front page. Anytime there's U.S. Game. Are you a U.S. based bar? We are, in fact, <laughs> believe it or not. But because you know there's a beloved sushi restaurant right next to the bar, Uroko. Uroko, those guys have been coming to watch the Jap the Japan games there, and that has been so much fun. And I, as I told you before, this is scandalous, folks. Cover your children's ears if. There were to be a U.S.-Japan final. I think I'd have to root for Japan because my Japanese regulars for the soccer games are so beloved. I would uh, I would have to roll with with Naoto and Takei and Kaz and Sho. Shoutouts. Yeah, here's to you guys. But of course, our oldest friend Jamison Driscoll. He was my first friend who was really devoted to soccer. Okay. And he's super excited. He, he roots for the Dutch. He roots for the Dutch. We were playing the U.S. So he's a little torn up on Saturday. But he said the way he's looking at it is he can both, you know, he's going to win either way. Yeah. Maybe be a just little like, sad, but also happy. Just like Jameson in life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jameson is going to come to Austin specifically to watch the World Cup final at the front page. Oh, is that right? You heard it here first. Okay, that's exciting. I just found out on the drive over here. Maybe so. I could come too. Yeah, you better. Um, I'm impressed with Japan. I watched them. They won their division. I watched them closely they won their group, against sorry. Spain. Of course, they beat Germany in a big surprise opening match, right? Yeah. And then, they actually, they lost to Costa Rica. They, they, they did, They yeah. goal down to Costa Rica. That was Rica. the 4 a.m. game. Okay. They, you you opened for 4 a.m. at yeah. 4 a.m. for that crew. Yeah, it was just me and those four guys. That's awesome. <laughs> it was really fun. Did you even though they lost? Did you do Saturday. your usual thing where you you nap in the day and then you were just up until 4 a.m. or did you get up? No, I because I had been working. I see. Actually, I had been working that day because this this was part of that time when Porter was at a wedding and Jeff, the bartender, had COVID. So I worked basically two shifts on Saturday. Went home, went to sleep, woke up at 4 a.m., came back, opened for the Japan game, went back to sleep for a minute. And then, wow. And then and then opened up again at, at 10 a.m. Yeah. For the Sunday service. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, it was exciting. But 
Here, here's wait, something wait, interesting. Wait. We have proven scientifically because of these Japan games. We've proven scientifically, scientific fact that Porter wins Japanese soccer games because the first game. It's all of us and Porter's there. Mm-hmm. They went two to one. Second game, it's just me. Afraid as much as I would love to be, I'm not the Japanese. Uh, Good luck charm. Right. They lost like two that zero. Cat like that ceramic cat that waves. <laughs> game a, three. Good luck charm. It is a good luck charm, yeah. Like like triple eights. Mm. Uh, game three. Porter's back. They win again, two to one. So then the science, the the math, it checks out. The math is there. Yeah, it totally checks out. I thought that their performance against Spain was really fantastic. It it showed, it's a different style of soccer, and. The Spanish style of soccer is really, I love. It's so loose, but also tight with the tiki-taki, so much passing, so much possession. You know, the Japanese were playing with this, like, really coordinated uh, version of everybody hauling ass. Like, so much hustle on everything. And and the, the winning goal was a product of just not giving up. And it's, it's really a great story. The Japanese. Exciting uh, to watch. uh, Uh, Excellent. Progressing this far in this tournament. And then just, just generally what I think they've become a really respected side in, in world soccer. And and a lot of their players are, are stars in the leagues that they play in. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm low key rooting for Japan too. I'm also low key using a terminology that young people are using. <laughs> that I learned I'm, from, I'm that low, I learned from you. I'm low key digging it. <laughs> um No, I don't I don't subscribe to that. I think don't sit there and say like I'm low key loving this. Just go on and say you love it. Don't try to couch it well, I, in a cool phrase. You don't want to. You don't want to think people. Well, think you're I too no. I only say that because. Oh, it's actually because, low key. Well, no, because I'm, because I'm rooting for the U.S. Right. I suppose, unlike, you know, uh, a, a, unlike Axis traders like yourself, like uh, and I'm with the ally. No, no, uh, no. I, I, I just. Yeah, I'm low key. If US it comes fan. down to U.S. Japan, I, I hope the U.S. wins. But listen, the U.S. team is not very good. They're they're okay. They're not. They're, yeah, they kind of made it in the back they're, door. They're, they're right? not going to beat the Dutch tomorrow. You heard it here first, Jameson. Well, I mean, probably a week after. What? Happened, uh, yeah. And and I could be. <laughs> and much like all my other predictions on the show, <laughs> that could go could hard. That could be completely wrong. According to well, the Netherlands are not dramatically favored. They sure, are, sure. Listen, it's football. Anything could happen. It it really is anybody's game. Yeah, Vegas. Seems Anybody to think. can go out and um, decide that they're going to win that match. You know, like who did Poland play the other day? Um, who beat Poland? Poland. I got it right here. Uh, just, just two, just, just two days ago, or just yesterday. Argentina beat Poland. Right, Argentina beat Poland. Not yesterday. It was three days ago. Oh, was that three <laughs> days ago? Oh my. That was Wednesday. Um, two days ago. What about it? It all just depends on who wants it more. It, that this is like any sporting competition, really. Almost. Who wants it? Who's playing with heart? Sure, there can be a vast differential in skill that might might trump all that. But if there's a similar level of skill, Hart is going to win. It's just like in a fight. Who's got the rage? That's who's going to yeah. win that fight. Yeah. That's the exciting thing about the game of soccer, isn't it? It's really good. Just it really, it, it, one it's person a, could get away with and score. And, yeah. It's difficult to put it in the net. Generally, that's why they're low-scoring games. 
it's hard. And so if it, the game is going to end 1-0, which it does oftentimes, then it's anybody's game. Yep. There's been some of that, like, uh, you know, there, there's a ton of that in general. Against the run of play, somebody puts it in the net. There's the FA Cup in English football where all the levels of football compete in this one tournament. And you get these games of like, this is the third division and they're about to play Arsenal or whoever. And there's those giant killer matches. Yeah. And yeah, it's exciting. It's, it's, it's diff- there are plenty of other sports that would never work like that where a halfway amateur team could shout out to it's not like podcasting. our sports fans our soccer fans Jameson and Nicholas who is going to be eventually caught up he's the one listening from the beginning uh he's a big Austin AFC Austin football club fan Los Arbolas and he's Listos he and, Listos he and his husband it's really funny because like they were never interested in sports in any way, you know. And now they're they're captivated by Austin FC. They went to the first game, you know. Somebody's boss gave them tickets or something like that. They went to the first game way back when, and just had the time of their lives. Became instant huge Arbolas fans, and to the point where, flash forward two years later, when. When I had a question, I was wondering, like, what it was going to take for Austin to get into the playoffs. Uh-huh. I called Nicholas to find out. Right, right. <laughs> I was like, wow. Can you believe this? I'm calling you with the sports question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's a big theater guy. Right. Art. Art. Yeah. Art and sport don't mix, which, he was, you know, I'm anti that concept. He was the one whose <laughs> who's substitute theater teacher I picked up in the oh. lift. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the craziest. Everybody loves lift that stories story. Ever. <laughs> yeah. I wish I knew what episode it was. I would point you to it, but it's one of the ones that we've done recently, like within the last few months. Um, I I've got this news cruise. That's not. It's really a news cruise and a correction all in one. I was talking about GNR and the time that they upset the Canadians, the citizens of Montreal, so bad that there was a riot. Um, I had described it as the time that. Uh, Lars was injured. Uh, it wasn't Lars. It was James Hetfield. Mm. And there, it was a pyrotechnic on stage. And he was basically right above a pyrotechnic. And here's here's a quote from Hetfield. Um, Blasted by a column of fire in front of a live audience, Hetfield was in shock. Wow. I'm burnt. All my arm, my hand, completely down to the bone. The side of my face, hair is gone, part of my back. I watch the skin just rising, things going wrong. The band cut its set short and called for immediate medical attention. Um, and they need, basically what happened was, the, it had already been uh, motorhead and body count and faith no more. Mm-hmm. to whip up this crowd into a froth. And then the the headline, the co-headliners come on, Metallica and Guns N' Roses. Motorhead, Body Count. <coughs> wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a big show. Lemmy, Ice-T, Mike Patton. It's crazy, right? That's a crazy bunch. <clears throat> crazy Bill. Um, Metallica set comes up, and there's this... They I think they they played a couple songs... And then this pyrotechnic flame goes off and James Hetfield was standing right over it. And so they had to cut it short. And they needed GNR to just come on stage 
and do a do a set, and you know it probably would have been okay. But you know, Genar came on. Axel had not been taking care of himself. He allegedly had a hole in his vocal cord. Champagne, cigarettes, cocaine, mm-hmm. and the uh, basically the Nina Simone diet. Basically, GNR like left the stage, and then there was uh, there was chaos. Now, ultimately, only uh, two thousand of the estimated fifty three thousand in attendance were involved in the riot, but it did achieve a grotesque level of property damage. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just love that story. I had said it. I had, t- I had given all the details incorrectly. There was another GNR riot in St. Louis, which was a separate thing, which I had mentioned too. And hopefully this erstwhile half-assed news cruise got you enough time to get a poem. Well, I've got a few more corrections. I, I, you know, sometimes... Sometimes I forget that we're a poetry podcast. We are poetry, yeah. But first, we have a, we've had a few more people get at us. Uh, one of whom was John Cotter, uh, my longtime poetry co- co-collaborator. He was. He said he was catching up on recent episodes, and he wanted to point out that Dave Coulier was, in fact, on Nickelodeon. Okay. At oh, the same was. time as okay, as it was, he was not on. You can't do that on television. He was on a different show, uh, and he was kind of the announcer on that or something. Oh yeah, the show is called Out of Control, but there was so okay. they're on, or uh, they're on Canadian TV at the same time, right? And that's where all that, all that happened. That's how they met each other, and how she became jilted. And took that emotion and turned it into one of the greatest albums of the 90s. Was that on the top 150, Jagged Little Pill? Surely it was. Uh, um, it definitely was, yeah. So that's that's that. So much raw emotion over Dave Coulier. Uh, and then back to old friend Nicholas. You know, as we said, he's been catching up on old episodes. So he is like, who knows when he's going to hear this? He was enjoying the questions from Jeff. <laughs> that was a great segment. So what happened to that? He sent in a question of Jeff of his own. This is a question from Jeff. That's actually by Nicholas, actually by Nicholas's husband, Alex. Okay. Wow. Questions from Jeff from Alex by Nicholas. Okay. What's, the, <laughs> what's the acronym on that deal? <laughs> We're going to need some bigger shirts. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to, I'd have to have some scratch paper. Parse it out later. Out. Luckily, we've got a recording. If you sleep with two pillows, is the top pillow using the bottom pillow as a pillow? Okay, I've got this. Let me just take this one. By all means. Do you? Did you have an answer? I mean, did you, have you already formulated an answer? Yes. Okay. Well, let's, let's see how it, let's see how it jibes with mine. Let's hear yours. Yeah. I sleep with two pillows, but they serve different purposes. Uh. They're not necessarily touching. Uh. One pillow is to, oh, well, I guess technically I sleep with three pillows. <laughs> One pillow I lay my head on. Another pillow, I, I sleep on my side, and the and pillow number two, in order of importance, I think, I put between my legs <laughs> to keep my knees from rubbing together. Yeah, yeah. Keep and then pillow straight. number three, which I don't, I'm not, it may be of equal importance, I just sort of hug it's to keep, to have a to pillow, keep my yeah. shoulder from sort of collapsing. That's and if I don't have three pillows, I'm probably getting a crappy night's sleep. <laughs> it's tough when you go to a hotel, yeah, with your family because everybody takes one pillow and there's, there's no only pillow eight pillows in a traditional. <laughs> Does your whole family luckily, require three luckily, or four, four luckily actually, luckily, Isabel doesn't actually require a pillow, oh, she just kind of sleeps flat. I used to be that way. 
but well, I I used to be lots of ways, but now I require three <laughs> pillows uh, minimum for a decent night's sleep. I'm right there with you. Uh, sometimes I'll have the snuggle pillow. Sometimes I don't. That's um, that's just a kind of a. But what? Okay, so what scenario is Alex talking about? Like Alex is just talking about using two pillows beneath your head. I see. Which I do, and so is that right? My answer to Alex is yes. Oh, the one yes. pillow is pillowing the other pillow. Right. So. Right. And I do that. I have I have a soft pillow, and then I have the memory foam pillow on top of the pillow because oh, right. I'm a side sleeper. Right. And, I, and I'm a I'm a wide wider yeah. dude, you know. So that keeps it. Keeps my head up, you know, a you good... need a larger shelf. Yeah. For like your giant melon. Foot high shelf from, from a big old melon. <laughs> uh, I do like a, a between-the-legs pillow to keep the side straight, if there's one available. I don't have to have it, but, you know, that's... Yeah. That's what I do. Keeps the spine straight. But if the bed is firm enough, then I'm not really worried about it. Uh-huh. And then... Uh, yeah, everybody likes to snuggle down with a good snuggle pillow every now and then. So I appreciate that. I saw the to answer your question or to your point. I I have about five pillows on my bed at all times. Oh, okay, and I, okay. I'm using anywhere between three and six, three and five of them. <laughs> three and six would not be funny. Three and five of them at any, any given times. So. It's like a hookah lounge over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Let me ask you this. My bedroom uh, does have a lot in common with a hookah <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. At some point in your life, you're the pillow that has another pillow resting upon you with a head resting on that. And then at other times in your life, I think that you're the pillow between the pillow and the head. And then other times in your life, you're just the head resting on two pillows. You know, it's really the the stages of life. It's really the circle of life. In the morning, head pillow pillow. What walks? What sleeps on yeah. no pillow in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. Two yeah. pillows in the afternoon yeah. and eighteen pillows at night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sunrise, sunset. <laughs> Sunrise, sunset. So we got an exciting guest coming up. Matthew, the little fiddler on the roof, the aforementioned John Cotter, longtime poetry collaborator, is going to join us hopefully next week, depending on depending on his schedule. I hope it opens up. And uh, John and I actually together wrote a poem based on one of your paintings. Oh yeah, an ekphrastic poem. So I thought, and we might have read this on a very early podcast. I'm not sure. But Listen, who, who remembers? Who remembers that? Who remembers? So long ago. So this is, it's called Black and Honey. That's That, was, is, the, that was the name of the painting. Was, yeah, we took the name of the work to apply it to the... Uh-huh. Black and Honey was the name of the painting, and therefore the name of the poem to Black and Honey by John Cutter and Schaefer, all inspired by the painting from Matthew Rampey. I have a secret friend in my head made of pennies dissolved in Pepsi and other parts of Baltimore. The mirror of the harbor is an illusion of safety. Show me your old face and I'll show you mine. Disguises hide. Disguise your backside. After many nights, the moon can tan the livers of all the lonely hearts in Greenmount West and parts of us that are strangers still, the well-manicured claw awaits what remains of this morning's city. I am both predator and sugar, greasing gears for the morning moon. Well, certainly a better poem than painting, I think. Mm, I was going to say that. I was going to say the opposite. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Um... It's good, a good source of inspiration. If my, if all of my paintings could inspire such beautiful poetry, like my work as an artist is done. Because I, I actually, you know, this like weird sort of like uh, 
self-deprecating, self-recursive kind of idea I have of art is like people make art to inspire other people. Or maybe like the noblest form of making art is to inspire others to make better art than you. And then it's just a cycle that feeds itself in that sort of way. That That's my hope for the podcast. I hope this podcast inspires more art from our friends and loved ones and listeners. I have no doubt that it will. Fleetwood Mac fans, the lot. A shout out to new listener, Nancy, if she happens to be listening. She was a person who came into the bar and I probably told her unsolicited about the podcast. But... You know, you were talking about Lakin. And, Lincoln, yeah. and Casey, and I I still don't know, think I've met Lakin, but I know Casey, and mm-hmm. I saw him at Manisha's house for some fights a couple weeks ago, and he asked about the podcast. Oh, good. And then later I put it together that his girlfriend is Lakin and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Much love to both of you that, uh, if you happen to be listening. They might be listening. It it would it's just so heartwarming to think that somebody might start listening to our podcast and keep listening. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're out there, if you're a member of One Magical Nation and we don't necessarily know you, uh, by all means, send do a, what? Tell them what to do. There used to be <laughs> feedback at onemagicalhour.com, but I think we're just doing <laughs> SchaeferHall at gmail.com. SchaeferHall at gmail.com. Or back channel us through the Instagram page. You could you could, you could could slip into our DMs. I want to be your back channel. <laughs> Slide into our DMs on Instagram. I want to be your listener and your downloader too. If I remember tomorrow, I'll fix our website. I keep forgetting. Listen, it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's the World Cup. No, oh, after the yeah, after the game, after the cup, after the game, after I do payroll for the bar, after after I do monthly inventory for the bar. Look, just mark. Look at your list and <laughs> cut it in half. Just mark it off your list. It's not happening. It might happen. All right, we love you. And the poor of the choices. The sweet of the wine. <laughs>